The buzzards were somewhere out near Barstow when the podcast kicked in. They intercepted a cable from cannabis correspondents Brian Jones and Patrick Ryder, fresh off their assignment covering the MJ BizCon in Vegas. It's one of those large conventions that usually have drunken middle-class scumbags pawing over non-plus cocktail waitresses and annoyed croupiers. Except these guys. This one is special. It's a whole new breed of up-and-coming entrepreneurs and cool cats whose business is marijuana. And business is good. It's a real weird one. Weed not only legal, but goddamn respectable. For the most part. What happens in Vegas gets spilled on this episode of $5 Buzz. Step inside, lock the door behind you, make sure the towel is properly positioned. My name is George Kursar. I have the fan on. I've got the citrus spray. Uh, Pete Liska joins us as always, uh, your co-host in Los Angeles. How are you tonight, Pete? I'm great, man. Um, you know, we, we have a, a one-month-old as of uh, to, tomorrow. Oh, no, tomorrow's day. The 29th. Tomorrow's it would be one month, and uh, she's amazing. Keeping us busy and keeping us on our toes, but uh, I'm happy to be back uh, making uh, making this amazing podcast, guys. <laughs> That's great, man. We're podcasting. Roger, you're podcasting as well. How are you tonight, man? You just no, I'm you're fantastic. Coming, you're coming off uh, uh, a job, right? You just yes. uh, walked in the door. Right? Worked with uh, 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 multi platinum selling artist um, Megan Trainer. The oh, singer, all about that bass in a commercial for uh bingo blitz <laughs> a, game, hey. a gaming app <laughs> wow well that sounds exciting uh i'm just uh coming back from the greenwich library where greenwich connecticut and i heard this gentleman speak his name he's an author his name is uh excuse me his name is james mcbride and some of his work was made into a film by spike lee another one of his uh right uh things he wrote was made into uh, a mini series or a netflix series roger i think is it ethan hawk it's about an abolitionist oh it was showtime called the good lord bird right and uh he is a very interesting guy uh a room full of old uh, <laughs> Greenwich, Connecticut people and myself. And uh, I asked him a question and I knew he was a jazz uh, fanatic. So I brought him a Sonny Rollins record and I gave it to him. And the guy was fucking ecstatic. And I'm like, dude, uh, if you want to come on our podcast, we'd love to have you. He was like, dude, I can't take this. I can't. Nice, I George, it. Yes. So it was really cool. And this older woman's like, dude, I, he, he was so happy. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, Anyway, I digress. But tonight we're not here to talk about Sonny Rollins or uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, Blue Bloods uh, and Sophistos. We're here to talk about pot again with our good friends, Pat Ryder and Brian Jones. Pat, how are you tonight? Doing well, George. I'm just out here, you know, supporting the sixth ranked uh, Michigan Wolverines out here in Colorado. Uh, yeah, they yeah, are sixth go. ranked and they're undefeated. And That's I right. got to say, man, I wanted to come on this podcast and say the Hawkeyes were previously ranked number two. Brian, uh, is there a chance they make it uh, to the playoffs, or what do you? How are you feeling? What's going on in Hawkeye Nation tonight? As I told my little league 
baseball team the, uh, the other day is everything is still in front of us. So that's what I'd be telling the highs. <laughs> so has Michigan and uh, Iowa played yet? No. Are they playing today? A regular season game? Did they play each other this year? They no, do we not. Don't punch, yeah, we don't punch down, George. We don't oh, punch geez. down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough about uh, organized uh, collegiate athletics. We're here to talk about pot, most specifically, gentlemen. You guys had a road trip. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about this excursion you went. It was a convention in Las Vegas. So, Pat, have is this like the first time you kind of went on the road since COVID, or have you been traveling? Maybe just tell us what it was like going to a place where a lot of people are converging. And, you know, I personally haven't been to Vegas in 10 years. I'm sure a lot has changed. So what was the travel experience like, and what is Vegas like right now? Yeah, man. Uh, I got to be honest, it is. So my last time on a plane for business was, uh, you know, that Friday in March, whatever that was, wow. two years ago almost. Mm -hmm. um, and that Friday in March, I was leaving Boston from one of our clients there, kind of got on a plane and it was this eerie feeling, right? Grocery stores were entering. There was no toilet paper anywhere, all that good stuff. And then we just kind of sat around for a while. Not the first time I've flown, uh, but this was the first time I've flown for business. And MJ BizCon is where Brian and I were. It is by far and away the event of the year for the cannabis industry. It's a little bit different than your typical sales conference that a lot of folks would imagine. This is where everybody goes, uh, CEOs, finance guys, uh, you know, bud tenders, light fixtures, the whole nine yards. Everybody in the industry is there. Um, is there a degree of like a Comic-Con fun to it or is it all business? Oh, no, it is. It is all shapes and sizes, business, fun, pleasure, you know, lunacy, a little bit of stuff that we probably were accustomed to in the uh, late 90s that did not go on social media um, <laughs> and, and, and things of that ilk. But I'll tell you, from a travel perspective, it's very interesting. The flight from Denver to Vegas is only about two hours. It's a real easy trip. And Brian convinced me kind of last minute, he's like, you got to be there. Man. You got to be there for at least a day. So the week before, I went to get a flight. There was one seat on United of all the flights left that day. There was one seat left on United and it was 2000 bucks. And so I could not, uh, I, and it didn't get me there in time. So I ended up making a layover in uh, Salt Lake city and flew Delta. He got there and it was fine. And it was amazing, right? You got off the plane, you're in McCarran, you take the, the, the train out, you go to the Uber station. And as soon as you step outside the doors at McCarran, it was just this whiff of, okay, we're at MJ BizCon. This is real. And, uh, and it was busy and everybody was there, right? You saw the people from Denver flying and you kind of started bumping into people at the airport that you knew. And the energy just started to kind of build and, and spiral out of control. And then uh, I waited because Brian had to turn around on his plane and uh, he almost died pretty much. I mean, <laughs> no. yeah, so... I was supposed to, uh, I was supposed to take off. I took off at 7:20 on time. I was leaving Charlotte and, uh, supposed to land around nine. I was going to go to my room, get a nice little nap in eight o'clock comes. I look, I'm on my internet on the plane. It says we have 27 minutes left to land. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Pilot comes on. Apparently they couldn't get to one of the fuel pumps fuel. The, the, there was fuel in it. They just, they couldn't use the fuel tanks for some reason. So, we weren't out far enough to like get to Dallas. So they turn us around to Charlotte. I end up getting to Vegas at one and it was a mad dash from there until one in the morning. It was crazy. Yeah. So, sorry. So, go ahead. Would it be like the equivalent of the NAM show every year. 
do you know what that is the, for the music industry and everything? It, that's one of the largest uh, uh, conventions they put on uh, every year they have for forever. And yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, Roger. I mean, this is, you know, the, the world, the convention center there in Vegas, you know, it's a little bit off the strip and it's down the road. And so you kind of got to bus back and forth. It is a boon for Uber drivers. That is for damn sure. But they uh, they sold it out. Right. So the first thing is the convention hall is loaded and they use both sides of it. And there's a just over, I would say, a thousand exhibitors in the exhibit hall. And so if you think about a thousand exhibitors, probably five to six people exhibiting in each booth, you know, you're talking about six thousand vendors. there, just kind of chilling out in the exhibit hall. Beyond that, uh, I don't go to the exhibit hall. Right? I, I mean, that's not where that's not why I'm there. That's not what I do when I'm there. Um, I've been, and it's a sight to behold. The freebies are fucking amazing. Um, you know, you get your grab bag, you get stickers, you get some vape pens, you get all the, you know, all the swag that you walk around and kind of collect. But, um, outside of that, they sold about 30 to 35,000 tickets, if I'm correct for the, just the exhibit to go to the exhibit and just kind of anecdotally. We had a happy hour on Wednesday night and we pre-sold. And, and when I say pre-sold, we had reservations for 200 people on the to-go list coming out of that was 550 attendees. So those kinds of numbers were there. And that was day one. And day one's an absolute shit show. And I'll let Brian kind of tell some stories from, from the evening that was. But um, yeah, two I would quick, say- Two that, quick questions on that. Two yeah, quick questions ahead. before you go too much further. Because first of all, how many years has this been going? Because it sounds like it's- built up to this or is this a new thing it's so I think it's i think this was the 10th one right pat i think so yeah so i've i've only been to i've been to the three of the last the last three in-person ones and you know they they're always in the fall or in december last year was all virtual so mj biz daily is a is a website is kind of related to that they they do a lot of pub publishing on there uh you know just cannabis news company news so they you know they're a big sponsor of this and they, you know like you said, thousand vendors. I haven't been to the convention hall since the first year because what we do there is to go there to meet people, right? We're going there to meet uh, executives. We're going there to meet uh, broker. In my case, brokers. He's going to meet underwriters. Um, so it's it's really just a big social event. Like I say, you go from you know 9 a.m. to <laughs> whenever you want to go to bed. I mean, I I tried to be in bed by one, and that that was the case. Uh, but you know, I, every, I heard stories of everybody getting back by five and I, you know, they're crazy. These young bucks, I can't do it like them anymore. Come on. Is Vegas back in full swing for the, like someone like myself, I, you know, COVID and travel yeah. restrictions yes. and government lockdown Vegas is back. Right. So I, I want to answer this one because I've been there on a fight night uh that was by accident we went on a bachelor party so we were there on a fight night and everybody said it gets crazy on a fight night i've never seen it busier i've never i mean it was crazy you couldn't get now i don't know if things are restricted because of occupancy uh you know if restaurants are restricted there so i don't know that but i mean it was impossible to get a table anywhere um yeah so and then if you're sitting in Cosmo, you always see the, the craziness, but it was just, there was a buzz about it. I think people are just really excited to get back together. Yeah, I would say from a capacity standpoint, amazing. Just the people, the flow, the energy was pretty cool. The fucked up part was you go to Vegas to escape from everything, right? There's any vice that you want is located in Las Vegas and the casinos were enforcing mask mandates. 
Uh, I just found that an interesting juxtaposition of here's Big Brother watching in a place where Big Brother shouldn't see anything. Yeah. yeah that, you, know, you could do a line of coke and do a bunch of blow, you know, <laughs> get a hook before the night, but you got to wear a mask while you're doing it. Uh-huh. Interesting. So what is, uh, you guys have any takeaways? Like, you know, you guys are veterans of the, industry and you know you, you know you guys see a lot you know a lot coming in was there anything new and exciting that you guys said wow this is something i should start paying attention to or maybe is there something you can uh share with uh folks that they could be on the lookout for yeah i think uh a couple things one states 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 you're going to see more and more states be doing this i don't think we're going to get any traction at the federal level i just don't see it um there's enough other things going on right now and you see you know what schumer's doing and what progressives are doing everything's got to have equity interests and and all these things that are pushing the safe act back the more act back the claims act back and they're getting rewritten and rewritten and rewritten meanwhile you know, one side of the aisle that has a complete control, it can't pass the most important things right now. So I don't think, I think the over overwhelming sentiment that we got was state specific and look for more and more states to continue to come online. Uh, really in the Southeast, I think is probably the next big region. And the second part of this that I saw, and then I'll turn it over to Brian is money is back, man. Yeah. Money is back. It's coming in. They see the opportunity, you know, the, the ills of the forefathers have kind of been washed away. And now we've got a new wave of cash coming in, which is going to grow this thing. Well, quick question, Nevada, where are they at as far as uh, marijuana goes? I mean, are they, are they recreational use? In Nevada? Yeah. 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 But they weren't first. I mean, they were, they no. came on recently. That's not, that's like just a couple of years ago, right? I think it was, I mean, I think it was 18, 17 or 18, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, the things I'll take away from it is, you know, there was a lot of hype at the beginning of the year for federal, federal legalization. Um, uh, you know, I think that excitement's still there. I, th- I think anything short of, uh, you know, there's never going to be a full federal legalization the way they wrote it up. But if they just said, hey, states take care of it. Um, you know, safe act gets passed something, you know, people think something's going to happen because you just see uh, the financings uh, going through at a, at a record pace, you know, big true leaf harvest deal uh, closed. Um, but, you know, th- those are the big takeaways I'm seeing is just you're going to the excitement's still there. I know that the, the stock market hasn't been kind to cannabis over the last couple months, but, you know, they're really their company's building good fundamentals. I, when I was in Florida, I remember talking to people that live there and it's not recreationally uh, allowed in Florida yet. And yet, you know, it, you can't get a medical card just, you know, like it was in the old, olden days. But uh, even there, I mean, nobody gets you, you get caught with pot. Cops do not give a shit anymore. They just don't give a oh, shit yeah. about anymore. So I'm saying it's like it's yeah. places where it's still illegal. I think they just gave up. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of that. Go ahead, Pete. You guys mentioned uh, there's a, a new publication uh, that that sponsors this thing. What was it? What was that called again? M- MJ Biz Daily is the name of the the website. It's just a website. It has cannabis news. There's a few good ones out there that I follow it's, at least. It just it just kind of sparked uh, some nostalgia for that magazine. High Times. Are they still oh, yeah. uh, on the scene? Are they still involved? I think is they're around, but but I haven't seen them. I don't go to High Times. Do you guys remember High Times? <laughs> no, I, sure. I, 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 I don't. Everybody fucking remembers High Times. Come on. 
I and actually, I think it. that I think that the cannabis last thing cup. I saw, <laughs> yeah, right. The last <laughs> thing I saw is High Times was coming out with their own brand, so they were actually going to become a producer. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. What's my so, question about that? <laughs> that, that, was, that was. Thank you for that, dude. Yeah, Give thanks. me a giggle. So, gentlemen, what's 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 the future hold? What what's going to happen? Are people going to become rich? Are we all going to be smoking pot everywhere on every street corner? What's well, y- yes, we're all going to be smoking pot on every street corner because if you look at what happened in Vegas, everybody was smoking pot on every street corner. It was just, it was nonstop. It was everywhere. Flower, vapes, people were passing out edibles like they were, you know, Valtrex in the Jersey Shore house. Um, it was just, a, it was everywhere. <laughs> it's, and, all but, uh, it's all but decriminalized. I mean, for all intents yeah. and purposes, it's all but decriminalized. Yeah, and, and I think you've got... Yeah, I think you got some states like South Dakota that are saying no, hard no, in some really kind of conservative states. And that's their right. That's their want. They can do that. But you asked the question, Roger, or you made the point about Florida. You know, we had some pretty good conversations about what's going to happen in Florida. And it looks like wreck is going to happen there in 2024. So, you know, this is going to continue. If the feds can't get their act together, this is going to continue on a state-by-state basis. And who's going to get rich? there will be people getting rich. There will certainly be some folks making money. And I think the biggest takeaway isn't the state by state because all these states are learning their lessons and operators are learning their lessons from the past. But now we're starting to see big firms come in and offer services, whether it's from the accounting side of things, whether it's from the legal side of things. You're starting to see some real expertise come into the CPG arena and treat them like a more mature industry um, than it ever was before. Well, I mean, just... uh you know, we got into this last time, you know, and it was a fascinating part of the conversation when we were talking about if it's going to be like big tobacco and if there's going to be, you know, your uh, Winston Salem types of uh, companies coming in. But um, I mean, Brian, you know, what, what is happening on that, on that front are, you know, is Canada for, for example, getting involved? Sure. So yes, they're doing it in creative ways. There are a few, you know, there are a few people they'll invest in it. Canadian company that can't touch U.S. assets. So um, the biggest one that I've seen right now is uh, the people who own Circle K. Uh, I'll butcher the name. It's I think it's Alimentation. So, Circle K, the it's Circle K, the um, the yes. convenience store. Yeah. Seven Eleven. Of, uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. South America, right? Well, I mean, Circle K, it's, it's it's owned by a, a Canadian company. So this Canadian company has an investment in a company that has a brand in Canada, and then that company has a you know, a right to buy uh, of a, a private entity in Canada that sells the brand to the United States. So they can put their name on a dispensary. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see, you know, you saw Canopy, um, you know, these aren't, you know, Canopy's a, a, you know, a fully legal company in Canada. So, you know, they're listed on the NASDAQ because they have no U.S. Ass- US assets. So they bought a right to buy on um, Wana brands. So they have a really good, stable, uh, edible company that they have a right to buy on. Um, Tilray did an interesting financing where uh, they took out convertible debt on MedMen um, and they bought the current holders out. So they have, you know, that convertible debt, you know, it's all convertible to equity. So what will they do? Um, so there's, you know, you're seeing some of the, the bigger players in cannabis that don't necessarily you know, win the game in terms of revenue production, because, you know, those are the US MSOs, those bigger players are using their war chests, you know, like the Constellation brands into Canopy, 
um, they're using those war chests to to buy futures essentially in cannabis. So it's become quite it's almost like a derivative market in can in cannabis where these companies are are buying futures. So they can't they don't know when it's going to happen. They need full federal federal legalization or safe act uh, passing. Or you know that if the exchanges change up their rules, it would it would really open up the game even within, more. Within Canada, are people are regular people able to invest in um in the, in, these, in their companies within their own country? Yeah, not I mean the American, not in the U.S. stock market, but in other ways, is there is there a Canadian stock market? I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's <laughs> yeah there's a Canadian stock market, the CSE. Um, that's where all the U.S. MSOs list. So. In the in the states, they are only on the over-the-counter market because the Nasdaq and Nasdaq have them excluded. They can't be on there because of the the uh, you know cannabis aspect. The ancillary lines like Weed Maps and uh, and uh, Innovative Industrial, they can be on the U.S. exchanges because they don't touch the flower or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could invest in in these U.S. MSOs if your broker allows you to to trade over-the-counter stocks. And Canadians can invest, you know, on the TSX for anything that doesn't touch the U.S. And then I'm sure their brokers allow them to trade on the Nasdaq and NYSE as well. TSX and is the Toronto Stock Exchange, uh, yes. for those that don't know. And Pat, I think there is the Vancouver Stock Exchange still pretty active in this. Uh, are there a lot of names listed over there? Is that kind of gone away? Well, for yeah, for tax purposes, there's a lot of folks that are. are quote unquote housed or their corporate addresses in Vancouver. And that just, that's a, that's a taxing issue more than anything else. Um, most of those MSOs and their assets are in the U S but they're, they're housed in Vancouver for all intents and purposes. And then there's the uh, Neo exchange, which I know very, very little about. Um, but that is where we're seeing more and more SPACs get listed from a ca uh, cannabis plant touching perspective. And that's, that's located in Canada as well. Real quick, uh, kicking down gentlemen. MSO means multi-state operators. Sure. Yep. Okay. Just double checking for any for people out there who may not know what that means. Like, like me. If we if we aren't getting granular enough, trust me, we can we can talk about this for days. So it's crazy that um, the uh, it is like the wild west from an investment perspective and a listing perspective, and like there's enough work here to keep uh, the regulators busy for decades and. Uh, it's just, you know, even since the last time we talked to you guys, it just sounds like things are just moving so fast. There's a lot of money around. A lot of money has been printed. Um, I, was always, I was always curious, um, you know, not uh, it, it, from an investment standpoint, what would you guys look at? Not like a grower or a, you know, a pure play cannabis what about like lighting and irrigation and, you know, maybe some farming, uh, like uh, industrial products, like the ancillary economy around weed, right? Because yes, like there's a product. Like, like people building hydroponic plants. Right. There's just so much around it. There's so much opportunity. Where would you guys be looking, whether it's testing, security, you know, what have you, I'll let you guys explain, but what, there's there's just so much to it right so i have a thought on that and and again given my position in the industry i i don't actively invest uh mm -hmm. there's a conflict for some of the information that i might have be privy to and, and brian kind of sits in the same boat to a certain degree um i prefer anything that's in the ancillary business 
that's listed in the U.S. exchanges just from a financial transparency standpoint, right? So when you start looking at, you know, the way that financials are are looked at and reported and all of the things that you think about the SEC kind of regulates, that's all there when you list on the NASDAQ. It's not necessarily there when you're CSE or OTC traded. So that's that's the first thing. I, I would look to the U.S. exchanges first. Second, if you want to follow, because it's, it's interesting, and these companies are fascinating. If you want to follow a company that's listed in Canada, take a look at the domestic issuer status, because now they're going to start being, you know, they're going to have to report to the SEC. And so that financial transparency becomes more and more. And that was another takeaway that I think we took that uh, becoming a domestic issuer is happening at a more rapid clip because people are investing on the OTC. So you cross that threshold at 51% of your investment coming on the retail side in the U.S. Um, so if you get financial transparency, domestic issuer on the NASDAQ, I look there. Second, stay away from testing. Um, you know, there, there's just so much ambiguity and kind of uh, shenanigans that have has come up in the testing industry, whether it's been in California or New Jersey. We see it time and time and time again. I just I, I struggle with that as as the go to from an investment standpoint. Brian. Yeah. So not an investment professional, but Patrick hit hit kind of the nail on the head. If you're going to invest in a multi-state operator, uh, I would invest in one that's listed on the CSE that has to file under the SEC rules. You know, that's the pot of those people I would look at for your safest investments because you can look at how how they perform financially. Um, compare, you know, and they're going to be doing everything like every other U.S. listed uh, company. Um, Ancillary lines, I th I think the equipments maker. You know, there's you know, Hydro Farm, Agrify. Those are I, you know, Grow Generation is that one I believe as well. Um, you know, those are the ones you want to look at for the for the equipment folks. Uh, there's a lot of technology coming on. I mean, uh, if any of you have heard of Dutchie, um, Dutchie is a company that just took a $350 million investment. It was built and valued at three and a half billion. Um, you know, I don't know what their financial situation looks like, but that's pretty crazy uh, for a private company uh, what's in this. Their, what's their business? What, what is it? That's a great question. It's like back office things, kind of like Weedmap. I, I don't know it well enough, but it's tech tech based. So payment systems, stuff like payment, that. Yeah, it's payment processing, uh, credit card systems, back of house kind of. FinTech, uh, right? Financial it's not quite FinTech. Uh, it's more in the line of like operational support. So you like start a, to like get a, about like, like, a work day, like, like a workday yes. type of thing. For but it says right here, Dutchie creates technology that powers e-commerce and point of sale solutions for dispensaries. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I, I can get behind that a little bit, but that's, that's a Snoop back company, I believe. So, um, you know, there's a lot of hype around that. Um, but then, you know, weed maps is out there. They just, they just went public, you know, went out in the public market this year. Uh, you, you could, but I think the, the equipment maker and then that pool of MSOs, Canada's tough. It's it's still an industry that's very highly regulated, very tough on public companies. It probably is going to have a lot of con consolidation um, at some point. So those, that's kind of where I look at it. But again, I'm like with Weed Pat. Is, is even uh, centered. Weed Maps, Brian, sorry, is even centered in the capital of uh, in Southern California, where almost all financial epicenter exists and in all of the West Coast and Irvine, California. That's okay. That's funny. Yeah, like, they're 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 an interesting firm. They got a lot of lot of uh, smart people running running around there. Now, guys, there's it seems like this industry is moving so much faster than regulation or uh, you know the 
powers that be, you know, lawmakers can even get their hand on. It's just moving so fast. What is it like at, you know, the university and education level? I mean, obviously these companies are sprouting up and they need to staff it. You know, obviously people older than us, most of us are in our forties and fifties here, you know, people older than us probably aren't, you know, starting over in the marijuana business, you know, is there a, um, is there like a funnel of talent and, you know, people graduating from universities and going into this? Like, is there a pipeline? What's that look like? Sure. Have you guys seen anything about that? I'll go first. I'll let Patrick jump on. Um, So it's the exact opposite. So if you look at cannabis, it's just a business that has cannabis in it. So it's just like a consumer packaged goods. So you're looking at jobs, you know, typical uh, financial careers, you know, accounting, uh, you know, risk management, uh, you know, you can go down the list of what a normal company has. That's what they need. If you're talking about like the agronomy feature behind it, um, you know, you have a lot of hobbyists who just kind of go in and grow their, their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe, I got to think Ole Miss has a system, has a program. I'm not sure about, you know, these other, other places, university of Colorado certainly does. Mississippi has a big marijuana Huge. mandate. It, it's the most bizarre thing to me because it seems like the most, conservative and uh not open-minded state that i can think of sure there's had tobacco as their main product for ever so i I, that makes a lot of sense to me but they had a government grow product project there forever didn't yeah no yeah the dea's only i think is only or one of two dea permits to grow and study cannabis um so it's an interesting thing there Um, is that climate related is that because of its i don't know i have no idea I read about it one time. You can read a little bit about it. I, it, but I did it like 10, you know, five to 10 years ago, yeah. uh, underwriting a company because they had, uh, they were involved in that. So, um, but the one thing I wanted to add to your question was you talked about age. Uh, there's a lot of older gentlemen, older ladies who, you know, they're, they're sitting in their office right now at 50 and now they're coming over to a cannabis company because they see the burgeoning market. So, mm-hmm. okay. Go, go ahead, Pat, if you want to add to that. Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to basically say what Brian said, there's a lot of people that it's now not taboo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with CFOs that have transferred from Apple, uh, from Lululemon, right? So from retail, consumer packaged goods, you see a lot of marketing guys coming over on the branding side uh, to get involved in this. And, and I think it's, it's not dissimilar from the executive suites that we saw in technology kind of in the nineties, right? It's, it's cycling the same way where a lot of people are saying, okay, I've made a decent living so far. Let me take a swing at something and get some equity in something that can blow up. And it, that's it may one be of the fair to say It may be fair to say the best of the best might end up over there and it might become one of the better run <laughs> industries out there. If you, I mean, it, what a, what a comfortable, cool place to land if you've got a, an established niche in uh in marketing or tech or or anything like like all of those places you're talking about very interesting yeah, actually 100 percent. i just think we're seeing kind of a, a shift over here and there's a lot of flexibility also it's pretty fucking cool man it's weed so it, it's still that right it's still kind of on the edge there's a little bit of cowboy feel, feel to it and uh people show up and you know 
whatever they want. The suits and ties stuck out like a sore thumb. Brian and I were at a meeting <laughs> and uh, we walked in and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I am not wearing a jacket this time. I even texted Brian I'm like no sport coats, dude, no sport coats. And oh, I was, fuck. I was slacks and a vest and a shirt. So it wasn't like <laughs> t-shirt and shorts and flip flops. But when we walked by the boardroom of this entity, there were five guys in there fully suited up with the big double, you know, Windsor knots in there. And you're like, those guys are douchebags. First time here, for sure. <laughs> or bankers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, d- douchebags, bankers. You know, same thing. The the sky's the limit because it's l- like like many not many things. It's got the rarity and the you know the the aspect to it that it will never go away. It will ne- it will continually evolve and it will never go away. I mean, it just won't. There's yeah, no, it's, a train, it's a train that's moving forward and not stopping. That's no, I don't, I don't think I don't think it's stopping. I think you're like as Patrick said. I think there's just more states that are going to try to beat the feds. I think you want to be able to beat it. And I think uh, if you don't, you're just going to be left behind even further. And now, if you don't want it, if your state doesn't want it, man, more power to you. I I, I assume that we'll probably have five to ten that don't put it in there. They're just it's not worth it to them. That's fine. I don't think that'll be in the South. I, you know, I, not all of the South, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, like you said, Peter, it's it's just it's all new and it's all being built in front of us. It's like uh, you know, like master builders on Legos, uh, that Lego movie where you're just it's all being built in front of you and and we're in the front row seat. Well, one question I asked you last time, you and Sean, was uh, if we were in a baseball game, a nine-inning baseball game, what inning we're in, you guys pretty much unanimously unanimously, unanimously, uh, unanimously <laughs> agreed that it was the first inning. Is that still the case, or are we moving along a little bit? Oh. Yeah, well, uh, Brian's on mute because he was uh, you know, in the blue dream before we got started. Um, yeah, it's still really early. It's still really early. I mean, we are probably moving into, you know, Brian said the bottom of the first in the first game of a seven game series, I think was one of the comments that he made in in a prior life. I don't disagree with that. I mean, we still have, we're starting to see kind of that iteration of M&A. A lot of that activity happened for the guys that are running out of money, but I don't think that necessarily puts us in game two yet. Yeah, I would agree. I think we're still in game one, you know, mid, mid to late innings. It's, it's, if it's moving faster now, you can kind of see more people, you know, figuring to jump on the train. So we might get through, you know, the next three to four years a little quicker and get a little more done, but I still think we're in the first game. Do you feel like, do you feel like there's still a sense of, um, you know, or maybe there never was, but non greed or, or is, is the greed and the big, money going to come in and, and, and handle it, like do everything. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. Yes. I think there is still a sense of community out there. I really do. Uh, I work in a little bit of a different space than Brian does. You know, we work, we both come across the publicly traded companies and that they're mandated to provide returns for their shareholders. That's their mandate. And so to that end, I think you see a lot of a lot of money, a lot of a lot of greed and a lot of kind of pointing in that direction that you don't want to see. But in that middle and, and under layer, I still think that there's a large sense of community, like in states like Massachusetts, where they limit the licenses to three, or states like New York, when they come online and they're going to have social equity programs and micro business to be vertically integrated. I, I still think it's there. 
And it's going to provide opportunity for a sustainable business model for a decade or so before you see some of that large enterprise really push guys out. But the pioneers, um, they're still there, man. And, and they're still doing their thing. I mean, it's, it's a bit encouraging to hear, you know, because it does seem like, you know, how many how many uh, revolutions of industry are we going to have, like the one we're witnessing with the marijuana industry? And you hope some you hope people learn from the past or you hope it goes in a, in a positive direction. But if you're putting a decade on it, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of this thing, at the end of the rainbow here is federal legalization. At some point, it's going to happen. And when that happens, and I, I, I'm not going to steal Brian's thunder completely, but when Amazon starts delivering this shit, <laughs> I mean, they killed JC Penney's, they killed Sears, they killed Walmart. Kmart, right? I mean, they killed huge companies uh, with their business model. There's not, there's nothing that's going to prevent them from doing that. I think the, the other side of it is when federal legalization happens, you're going to have significant tax issues that's going to bring the black market back too. And I think that that is going to kind of cannibalize these little guys. I mean, the, the, the MSOs, the can of tourism companies will, will exist and, and, and thrive. Um, but when all of that happens, little guys are going to struggle for sure. Yes, guys. Are, do you guys mind taking a quick break? Uh, and then uh, we'll come back and do uh, round two. Is that cool? Sure. You got it. Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay. Hey, we have a quick favor to ask. We want to get the word out. And the way to help is for you to subscribe to us on either Apple or Spotify. And it would be really huge if you give us a rating and a review. Much love. And we're back, guys. I appreciate your time. Uh, we just ask that uh, you do something simple, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're on YouTube. If you subscribe, you'll get everything piped right into you directly. Same thing, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, and then you can hear all the great insight from our friends uh, here, Brian Jones, Patrick Ryder, we're back. Um, and this guys, is the third time around the sun for Brian. And the second yeah. time around the sun for uh, Mr. Ryder. No, you've been here for three times, haven't you, Pat? I have not, George. Uh, oh, you're I right. The, you're I right. missed the Sean right. episode. Roger, why did I... Uh, why? I mean, Roger, why did I uh, dismiss me. your thoughts? Yeah, I apologize for that. Guys, um, it's really refreshing to hear some positive news. You know, just talking to you guys, you can feel the positive energy, the enthusiasm, the excitement, because I think no matter what side of the aisle or your politics or your, your thought process, people are just exhausted. We just need some good news. We want to have fun. We want to smile. We're just, I think everyone could agree that we're fucking sick and tired of bad news and just doom and gloom. And it's great that you guys are bringing a ray of sunshine into this. Um, one thing though, that it's hard to escape is uh, this, uh, feeling of inflation, right? Everything's getting more expensive, whether it's gasoline, food, uh, what have you, um, everything is getting more expensive. And has that affected the marijuana business? Are you guys seeing like raw materials getting more expensive, employment, uh, raw materials, transportation, what have you? Is, uh, how is that affecting the ecosystem? Yeah, so there was already a cannabis tax, George. I mean, they were paying 3x for construction costs. They were paying 3x for property leases, right? And, you know, the employment costs have kind of remained stagnant. Um, 
and there was enough interest in the industry for a long time to kind of suppress wages. Uh, I think we'll start to see the same type of pressures in the cannabis industry that, that we're seeing across the board, especially as you get into things like delivery and you've got costs of, of gasoline going up. So the cost of delivery goes up, you know, if, Ancillary service providers, like a technology company that's hosting your website, that's hosting your payment platform, is it doing all that, is charging you more money. They're not just charging you more money. I mean, it, it all is the pass through to the end consumer. So I think we'll see those pressures for sure. But I want to go backwards for one second. Uh, and you were talking about the good news, the positive vibes. And I will tell you that on Wednesday night, I saw people that I hadn't seen in two years. And the hugs, right? The just the pure elation to be around people that have been involved in this industry from jump and just getting back to a sense of normalcy, you know, throwing back four beers and a half an hour with your buddies <laughs> that you haven't seen in a minute and then being like, oh shit, can't do that anymore. Forgot about that. Um, that was awesome. I mean, Wednesday night, just the, the pure joy, getting out there, seeing folks you haven't seen, it was really amazing. And we need more of that. We need more of those moments, I think, as, as a country, just outside the industry, just getting together and, and blowing off some steam. I know that that first night was the, uh, I think, at Tau. And big shout out to the guys at Tau. Thank you very much. They, uh, they did their thing, got us some seats when seats were hard to find. So thanks, nice. guys. Um, those guys do a great dip, job and uh, second to none, yeah. really, right? Say, right. World class. World class. But uh, they had the Diplo concert there. Wow. And people were at the Diplo concert. And then I think on Friday night, they had a Machine Gun Kelly concert. And it was just, I mean, it was just a jump off. The place was was packed and the energy was all positive. And so Vegas did a great job of hosting. And I think all the, all the venues did a great job of really bringing that positivity. You know, you didn't sit there for 25 minutes waiting for a table getting pissed off because your server was brand new it hadn't been trained it was it was legit i had a really good time so uh, anyways back back to inflation yeah yeah the uh the uh, thing i would add is uh after we left pat's party his company's party you know we we were walking back to from the from paris to the cosmo and you know, as we were walking, we we're all just laughing, having a good time. And we just, God, we just love Vegas, man. And just got out there. I don't know if it was so much Vegas, it was any different than last time, but just standing there and just everyone's there having a good time and everybody's, you know, just intermingling. And uh, it, it was just the excitement of it was intoxicating. Let me you felt like a human being again, right? Yes, 100%. Sorry, Roger. How, how many people were stoned that you ran into? <laughs> stoned? Yeah, oh, Roger. I I didn't I didn't have a, dr a drop to drink all week, and I had a great time. Or you were yeah yeah we, yeah exactly yes. How many people were stoned? Hundred and ten percent. Was there any representation from what you guys saw of is the psychedelic movement starting to get more traction? Is it starting to get more acceptance? Whether it's like mushrooms or uh, some other I, products. I watched DMT. Um, I didn't see any there, but well, I didn't see any, and I didn't see any people there. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I think it sticks to to cannabis that week. Uh, th that movement is is coming, right? I think mm -hmm. it's it's in a different position than cannabis. People are much more open to cannabis than I think they are of of magic mushrooms and those other uh, drugs. So the psilocybin research that's being done is more of a biotechy feel. Um, yeah. there's some microdosing going on that they're doing some, some tests on, or, you know, trials, those are, but those are trials. Those, they want to use that for anxiety and, 
depression and weight loss is supposed to be the magic drug, right? So, but I didn't see anything last week. So, and that's a completely different discipline. It's kind of not uh, correct to commingle that stuff, right? You know, psilocybin is its own sector and it really has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Honestly, I think from our perspective, we see a lot of the same folks that had early success in the cannabis industry starting mm-hmm. to create that kind of movement in the psychedelic industry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to Brian's point, it's much more geared towards medical use just mm-hmm. because of the stigma around it. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen or touched a mushroom since uh, I was on the St. Lawrence River. So that's, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, say other, other stuff I got. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know, the one thing, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier, but one thing I find interesting is, is serial entrepreneurs are, you know, building a company in 2014, selling it in 18, built another company to 2020 and or started something. And now they're on like the third iteration. So if you go from, I built a cannabis company to, I built a somewhat cannabis company to then they'll go to much. I mean, these people just kind of seem to find a way to get, you know, keep rolling it over. Yeah, we have mushroom tea about once a week around here. So yeah, it's uh, good for it, the soul, man. I mean, we've we've got you know we've <laughs> got some of the fellows that uh, subscribe to that. You know, sensory deprivation. I'm about it, but I, I'm just not about it. Yeah, yeah. Copy that. It's uh, it's funny, you know. Looking to do a uh, ayahuasca ceremony. There's a friend of mine here coming up soon. And they're all over the place over here in Southern California or Southern and Northern California, I should say. They're popping up more and more now. I know illegal, so, but uh, don't follow me, FBI. (laughs) 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 But they they are happening with more frequency. And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, a kudos. And that's where social media can be a good thing, right? You're spreading the word, you're getting it out there. There's a little bit more acceptance. You feel it's a little more normalized because you have access to people in Northern California from LA or in New York. And you can kind of create those communities around it. Not dissimilar from the, from the onset of the cannabis community either. Our fellow podcaster, uh, Joe Rogan, whether you like him or not, has been a big proponent of that, of, uh, hallucinogenic, uh, I guess um, partaking, shall we say, and it's uh, it's it's growing a little more mainstream, I think. For sure. Oh, yeah, I I follow Tim Ferriss, and he's he's big into that. He's he's talked about it on his podcast before. It'll be interesting because I think, you know, for for all marijuana is and isn't, I don't think it'll end up being a medical, uh, you know, a medical miracle. It's going to be more of a a mainstream uh, thing like alcohol, right? Yeah. But I do think the psilocybin stuff, you know, it, being administered correctly so you don't have a bad whatever, uh, you know, I think I think they need to study it because if it does have, uh, you know, positive, uh, you know, positive things for it, I mean, then maybe we should be using it more. But, you know, we try to stick to I, I try to stick in the lane of of cannabis because uh, because the business is 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 growing and I think from everything I hear is, uh, you know, all the cowboys that were in cannabis, you know, five, 10 years ago are now getting into that. Cool, man. Well, um, guys, we appreciate your time. I know we're, you know, we want to be mindful of your time. I know you guys gave us Dutchy is uh, maybe we'll just go around the horn real quick. Brian, is there anyone else that should be on our radar? You know, can you give us an early, uh, 
I, I don't know if it would be a tip, but like uh, someone to follow. Like if we if we were treating this like college football, there's a hot shot freshman we want to keep our eye on. Maybe he'll pop up in uh, the first round of the draft at some sure. point. Who are you looking sure. at? I think I think the three the three things I'd be looking at is how does the true leaf harvest deal um, perform, right? Uh, they'll probably be posting their first full quarter together first quarter of next year. I'm not sure it would be this year. Um, actually, no, I think it would be. It'd be close to 10-1. But, uh, you know, that'll be something to watch. I think, you know, True Leaf has been an unstoppable beast in Florida. Just opened up their 100th uh, dispensary. They sold... And I want to get this right. I can't remember if it's the state of Florida or if it's true leave, but 62,000 ounces of flour in a week. Jeez. It's it's on a report that they have every, every month. I think it's OMMU in Florida. Read it. It's amazing. 652,000 patients in Florida, 20 million people. That market's going to be amazing. Anything that touches Florida, I would look at. I have a soft spot in my heart for a company called uh, Jushi just because they have one of five uh, licenses in, in, in Virginia and their territory is right outside of DC. I think that's another fun one to watch. And then going outside, um, I would watch Dutchie just because I got to see if they're worth what, they, what people are saying. I got, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Interesting. Pat, yeah. what do you think? I like Dutchie. I, I know the guys that kind of are behind that and uh, they've had a lot of success in other enterprises. I'll let people do their own research and, and make that call, but they have been uber successful. So I do like Dutchie. Um, I would say that there's a, there's a publication out there called Duke Cannabis Ventures and it's a deal tracker. And so it tracks and, and kind of goes through all the deals that are out there, public and private, as they're announced. And you can kind of get a semblance of who's doing roll-ups, you know, when real private equity money is coming into the market. And that's the kind, those are the kinds of things that really interest me, not necessarily the current players, because we all know who they are and you can use standard fundamentals from an investment standpoint. But from a what's next, I really like uh, new cannabis ventures to, to track the deals and to see what's coming. Uh, and then on is the that Neo, a subscription based uh, uh, product, it's, it's, it's just out there. You can follow um, them on like Twitter or something like that and get the uh, info piped in. Yeah, I, I'll take your word for that. I just get the you know, Google yeah. alerts. Uh, I'm 45, George. Um, still having the, fun. Still having a good time. And, and the last thing is, you know, there's, there's a SPAC market, right? There is a SPAC market out there. They've raised just north of a billion dollars to, to buy cannabis companies up, up on the NEO. And as those things come live, I mean, there's some deals that have come, some deals that have fallen through. But, you know, like the parallel deal, for example, just kind of went away. But there are some guys up there that are, Raising money to do roll-ups and, and following that, I think, is interesting as opposed to just kind of looking at what's out there now. I think that's the down-the-road insight that, that we're all talking about. Um, you know, from a MJ BizCon uh, kind of wrap-up summary, I just want to say that there were people there that looked like they had not been out of the house in years like this and yeah. they probably had not been out of the house in years and they just blew the top off we saw guys smoking ecstasy we saw guys blowing lines on the bar i mean it was nuts and uh it was awesome to see <laughs> i for the record saw none of that i was in bed nice and early but i'm sure i uh, and, and and for the record, I flew in on Wednesday and flew out on Wednesday. I did not partake, but my eyes were privy to some stuff that I probably should not have seen. 
Yeah, I, I made sure to be at the tables by 11 to get away from all that craziness. Uh, I'd rather lose money than be, be up till 5 a.m. Then be up till 5 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Night um, of the living dead. Holy jeez. Yeah, I think the one thing I'll take away from, from last week is there's some really good people in this industry. Um, the relationships. I mean, uh, just, you know, starting this new venture, just the relationships that I made with my, my own team, and then you know, through them and, and through me, just the people we've met. And last week, you know, just met some really great folks. So uh, the industry keeps getting better, more mature. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to see who goes legal next. My vote, my vote is uh, not my vote, but my guess is Pennsylvania. Um, it's That's just a pretty be... educated big guess, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not like it, we, it wouldn't be worth it for all of us to just take a little shot, throw a little money mm. in the middle, and okay, see you want to? Okay, let's let's take out Pennsylvania, uh, Oklahoma. I'll throw so, Oklahoma. What's available? What's available out there? Florida is obviously on the table, but yeah, Texas. Florida, Texas. I I think Oklahoma is like if if there's a it's like wildcat days of oil i think there's something like 2000 licenses out there so it's just it's going to be you know survival yeah, they're writing fittest. licenses on napkins right now yes. I mean, I mean, that's that's a lot relative to the population of the state isn't oh, yeah. it well you got to think about it george i mean it's not just it's not just like a retail there's not gonna be 2000 dispensaries these are all right. kinds of different cultivation licenses and, and what what have you so it's it runs the gamut but they are passing them out like tic tacs that's for sure yeah that's great the sooners well uh roger uh, you want to take us out? You got anything uh, for the the gentleman here? Uh, I was just looking at the states, you know, the map there, the ones that are getting closest uh, to what looks like, you know, uh, legalization. And it looks like the, the dark green represents those that are kind of uh, mixed heading towards legalization. Looks like uh, New, New Mexico. It looks like North Dakota. That's crazy. And then uh, I guess Minnesota. Right? Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked Minnesota hasn't. I'm correct something Patrick said earlier. He said South Dakota. I think he meant a different South, but South Dakota passed Mad NREC in the same election, which I think. I think it was North Dakota. My bad. Yeah. That's a Dakota. Yeah. No, I think South Dakota did it Did it the best. Didn't, yeah, don't they're mess black. around. Yeah, they're, they're in yeah. the black. So they're. Yeah. Don't mess around. But how they how they went legal was essentially they, they put it on the ballot and said here's what we want to do and they let the people decide i think that's amazing so and all of new england's about ready to pop too yes, the fun one to watch is where brian is in the carolinas who goes first north or south because one yeah. of them is going to go and then the hilton head versus uh myrtle beach battle will begin well and those are both south carolina so you can whatever say who cares <laughs> north carolina we, we gotta work on your when you start talking north and south clearly i have no idea what the fuck i'm talking about north carolina's dark green south carolina's light green so south of michigan is where ohio state is they own you <laughs> north <laughs> george you talk about first round draft picks how many of those were four interceptions in a game against a Purdue team. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. We're, we're, we're veering off course. It is getting a little ugly here. Yeah. Sorry. Well, guys, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. This is fantastic stuff. Can't wait to have you guys back again. And uh, Roger is going to just uh, take us out with some words of wisdom. Raj. Thanks, this dude. generation rules the nation with version. Music happens to be the food of love. Sounds to really make you rub and scrub thank you for listening to this last episode of five dollar buzz please remember to like us and or subscribe 
If you have any questions, comments, ideas for future episodes or other people to interview, please email us at $5buzz and that's F-I-V-E-D-O-L-L-A-R-B-U-Z-Z at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you just as we get done as we pass the duchy upon the left-hand side.